Welcome to Season 5 of the Leadership Educator Podcast, your source for knowledge and expertise in facilitating leadership education, training, and development. Interested in keeping up with the latest conversations across the leadership discipline? Want to add more to your resource toolbox with practical strategies for teaching, learning, and program design without changing your routine? This is the podcast for you. If you haven't done so already, please hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Well, hello and welcome to the Leadership Educator Podcast. I'm Dan Jenkins, Chair and Associate Professor of Leadership and Organizational Studies at the University of Southern Maine. I'm Lauren Bullock, Assistant Professor of Instruction at Temple University, and we are both thrilled about today's episode of the podcast. This season, we're looking at leadership from a global perspective. We've talked about leadership both in the U.S. and outside over the first four seasons, but this time around, we'll feature special leadership educators from Europe, Africa, Australia, and Asia. Today, we are joined by Neil O'Donnellan, an independent strategy consultant and chair at the Sligo Institute of Technology. Welcome to the show, Neil. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. Delighted to be here. Yeah, Neil, we're so excited to, to have you on and uh, I'm so excited to have the opportunity to virtually meet you. Um, I was you know, out of, out of the blue. I got an email, gosh, what, last May of, of 2020 and you um, were interested in learning a little bit more about some of the work that, that I had done. I, I think you had, you had mentioned you had you had read the book that Kathy Guthrie and I had had, had put together and uh, had seen some of the, the work that we had done, I guess, both on the, on the podcast and then through ILA. I um, had a, the opportunity to do that webinar on teaching leadership online, and uh, you had your your blog post. Uh, you were doing some work on WordPress, and I see you've expanded that uh, quite a bit. And we'll definitely put links to some of that work that you've done in the show notes. Uh, and that was a great experience. Uh, we did we did that short interview um, that ended up on your on your blog uh, there, and then out of the blue again, uh, I was very humbled to get an invitation from you. What, gosh, maybe maybe October or maybe a little earlier, sometime in the fall last year, you were putting together a workshop called Developing Leaders in Times of Challenge. And that was part of Ireland's leadership development community of practice that you were kind of spearheading there. And you had mentioned, let's see, there was going to be about 20 folks online, mostly Irish-based leadership program organizers and practitioners from Enterprise Ireland, which we definitely want to learn a bit more about, your Irish Management Institute, the Open University in the UK, um, and then the Institute of Technology uh, at Sligo, uh, as well as some executive coaches for higher education, a CEO of one of your academic universities and businesses, charity. So just a great group of folks. And I definitely learned a lot from being, being a part of that and got some great questions and was just really excited, not only about the opportunity, but but learned a lot from being able to, to interact from uh, with some of those folks. So, so yeah, so, so I know, uh, you know, a little bit about you and, and also um, I was also excited when I saw that you were going to be one of our participants for the Leadership Education Academy back here in August, just a few months ago. And uh, we had folks from all over the globe it was it was great to, to have Ireland represented there. So so that's that spans as much as I know about you, Neil. What else, what else can you share with our listeners? Because um, I'd like to learn more as well. Okay, well, thank you, thank you for that. And uh, I'm just uh, really really um, uh, fascinated actually by the connection that that we're, we're building. Uh, uh, so uh, maybe just a little bit about myself. Um, I started off life as an economist, but uh, you know that that's uh, in the dismal science, but. Uh, I have evolved and um, I then uh, got involved with uh, community groups and also got involved in uh, an agency in Ireland that worked uh, with long-term unemployed in the labor market area. And also got involved uh, at, um, 
various stages in our industrial development uh, activities. So in Ireland, there are a number of public bodies involved in industrial development, working with companies that are internationalizing, um, exporting overseas. And I was involved in particular with Enterprise Ireland, uh, which was one of those um, organizations. Ireland, remember, is a, a relatively small country, about 6 million people um, on the whole island. Uh, we're a small open economy, um, a very committed member of the European Union, um, and very much open in terms of trade. So the companies we were working with, you know, they started off and within a year, three years, if they wanted to grow, they had to internationalize, they had to export. So our teams would work with them on, um, uh, first of all, introducing them to opportunities overseas. And we would have, have a had a network of um, over 50 offices throughout the world in Europe, uh, the States, uh, Asia. And also then we would provide funding. So we provide a, a direct funding or we would work with venture funds, private equity funds to put money into these companies. Fast growth needs big chunks of money to make them happen fast. Um, and then last, but by absolutely no means least, our leadership programs. So we would work with these companies. We kind of started off life as an agency thinking, well, let's make introductions and give them money and they'll grow. But actually we quite early on realized, actually you've got to also work on capability and leadership. And we actually, over 20 years ago, developed um, a particular program called Leadership for Growth, which is a very intensive uh, program which we uh, involved um, lead business schools in, in the globe. So, for example, Stanford was our first um, business school that we worked with, and they would take on board every year 30 people, 30 CEOs of these fast growth companies and provide them with three weeks intensive uh, contact involvement spread over about six months uh, with the aim of developing a a growth action plan that would actually lead to real change within the company and real growth. And couple that then with um, two other really important elements, and that would be coaching. So a lot of one-to-one -one intensive coaching. So we, the company to grow needed the CEO to grow. And that's where the coaching came in. And last, but by no means least, in fact, it was quite central to it, was the whole peer learning. So this was a group of 30 CEOs who were together intensely over six months um, and they learned hugely from each other in terms of kind of the lessons learned, the pathways uh, developed and so on. So I was, um, uh, so the organization developed that program and then uh, for a period of about maybe seven or eight years, I was uh, fortunate enough to be uh, the overall leader of the team that organized, developed and delivered these programs. Um, I'm going to talk a bit. So we've made a lot of changes in that time. Um, we can talk a bit about that in a minute, for sure. Yeah, you, you dropped so much information in that first answer. And I'm like, okay, hey. I'm writing down all the things to take down, which, which is great because it, it, <laughs> <Sorry. sounds laughs> like, it, it sounds like one of the things I think that's so beautiful about our podcast is we talk to a lot of folks who live in both spaces, just meaning that they run these programs. And so they have to get into the logistics. Like, how do I reserve the room? How do I find a speaker? Exactly. How do I create yeah. these partnerships? But then there's also the the, the uh, pedagogy side, the andragogy pedagogy side of it. Like, I want to make sure that the learning they're doing is matched up with best practice. So you mentioned Stanford and, you know, you, you talked a lot about peer learning and coaching, which uh, in my head, I'm like, wow, those, that sounds like an amazing program. Let me move from Delaware to Ireland and, and, and go and start a business and go. That would be wonderful. 
But let's take a step back. Um, so you've held a, a few roles within that organization. Can you first talk to us a little bit about like some of the logistics of, of planning and designing that program for those coaches? Meaning, um, was it your idea? Was it a group's idea? Kind of what's the genesis of that? And then I have a follow-up question after that. Okay. So the, um, genesis of the program really was where there was a fairly major policy discussion at national level, uh, let's say about 30 years ago, which really focused on what does it take to scale up companies in Ireland, international companies in Ireland. Obviously, we're very successful as a country and an economy in attracting foreign direct investment, mostly US, and we're very proud of that. And that's a really, that's a pillar of our economy. But we also, as a, as a, as a nation, also want to have strong uh, homegrown companies that are internationalizing and capable of growth. We, within the organization, put together a team. Um, I, at the time, was involved in the leadership of the organization, but not in this particular team. A really gifted um, uh, colleague, uh, he, he, Tom Kennedy, he kind of basically had the vision which basically started to put these elements together. And he put around him a really gifted, experienced, strong team that are, that are the core of which is still there today, uh, who basically took the kind of concept that he developed and basically put it into action and started off saying, well, okay, let's first thing we're going to start with is who's the best in the world at this? So we were, our, our approach was we were not going to basically be, how to put it, um, starting small and then just getting a little bit bigger. We wanted to start, where's the best in the world? So now how do we get to them? And Stanford obviously was one, we had a competition, a competitive competition, public procurement, scoring, all the usual. And, um, and Stanford came out. And over the years, we've we've changed suppliers in this program. Uh, so Duke has been there, IMD, and latterly now it's ESSE uh, down in Barcelona. And um, so we've we've worked with these superb, absolutely world class business schools to get this education into our company. So the team are the team who organise that. And of course. We go to a cycle every three or four years. We have a competition for the supplier every three or four years. And then each year, then there's a, um, a campaign, if you like, to basically target and get uh, CEOs who, sh who could be interested in this, get them involved in, in the uh, program. And to do that, the team uh, organizing the leadership programs we work very closely with our relation client relationship managers, who we call development advisors, and they're working intimately and directly with these companies across a whole range of issues, finance, overseas market opportunities, and also um, leadership and so on. And their job is they, to bring it all together for the company. And to do that, they need to work very closely with the leadership team, with the leadership uh, delivery team. But they got very close to the companies as well. They really start to understand, okay, this is the kind of nuancing that needs to be uh, done where we're targeting, for example, as we did, say, particular sectors. So ICT or um, engineering or food or uh, construction, which is international construction, big in, big in Ireland. Um, and I think so that then when I got involved um, when I was privileged to take over the operation um, and be, be given the, the role of guiding it, the key, the key question at that point, and this is about 10 years ago, was we were great at we had a really world-class product. We had a really world-class leadership program, which was getting, you know, rave reviews from the clients. We were seeing really concrete delivery in terms of uh, growth in the companies that were participating. Um, but it was still only 30 people a year. 
we had 3,000 clients, you know, we were kind of wondering, okay, it's going to be a long time before we get around to everybody. Um, so what happened then was we really needed to find ways of scaling up. And that's where we started to get involved in looking at what were the ways in which we could do that. And then, of course, technology became an obvious um, aspect of that. And we then started to, with the help of outsiders, because our teams, we didn't have expertise in this area. So we basically started to look around, get some uh, uh, consultancy input, and then start to experiment. So we basically, we kind of left our flagship alone just for the while. We basically then looked at some other programs and start to see, okay, let's see how we could work out options and ways in which we could scale up by uh, doing it in different ways um, and which uh, how we could use technology. We started to use flip the classroom, so lectures were online, and then basically group work was involved. We started to use much more extensive teams being involved, so it was not just the CEO. So we basically evolved um, a more flexible and more accessible model, if you like, which we then start to use in a number of different ways and included the flagship, if you like, leadership for, for growth, but also other programs. And what, we've, and what the team evolved over the years, over maybe three or four years, effectively was a platform, which basically has strategic programs, which were the you know, six months long, one week, three week, whatever intensive, um, kind of more specialist transactional programs, which were on selling, digitalization, very functional, and then the other was um, 24-7 videos, which basically anybody can access, obviously, um, on, a, on, an, on an ongoing basis. And this is our pyramid, and we call this the, the platform, common platform, and we call this the eilearn.ie. That's it, basically it's the platform which we created. And now hundreds of CEOs and C-suite people would use that on a regular basis, and even up to 1,000 plus would actually be accessing the 24-7 videos and so on. And we can use the seven the videos in all sorts of different ways. And that's kind of the, the power now that we've built. So the team, a huge achievement. I'm very proud to have been associated with it. And it's a real example of blended learning in a kind of a, a pyramid. So your, your needs are reflecting, what your needs are, are reflected in the pyramid. And you Neil, want- I think I think you're right. Sorry to jump in there, but I feel like you answered my second question because I was going to ask you a little bit about the pedagogical piece of it. And so you, you talked about, um, you know, the structure uh, of the actual programming, which is super helpful for us. Now, I know you mentioned the the programs that you thrown in. I know, Dan, you mentioned earlier that you participated in one of Neil's programs for this group. Right. It was a, it was a collaborative. I think it spun off of some of the connections that, that, uh, that Neil had made. Neil, can you share a little bit more about how, like, how did your work in these two organizations evolve into this leadership development community of practice? Like what, what brought these individuals together and what was your motivation to, to, to bring that together? Okay. No, really, really spot on uh, question and and, uh, (laughs) very timely (laughs) intervention. Thank you, Laura. So basically, at the time then we were working to develop this new platform, if you like, the obvious question which you've asked is, okay, so how does it all work from the point of view of learning? How does the method, we were now talking about media in terms of trying to get extra access and so on, but also how do the methods work? And particularly, how do we pace them? And we kind of realized that in a sense, we'd kind of relied heavily on the business schools to kind of work out the methodology, the pedagogy. Um, and we kind of realized we had to in-house that. 
so when we were looking at this, um, you know, when we were, when the team were evolving the 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 expanded program and programs and introducing technology, the question became, okay, how this is a media, a, a learning media, but how, how does that interact with our learning methods? And we intended to uh, outsource the learning methodologies and pedagogy to uh, the business schools, but we then realized we had to take that in-house and that's what we, what the team did. And so amazing work they did in terms of learning new approaches and uh, they went off and did study, uh, masters and so on and came back really absolutely fabulous, uh, much better equipped and, uh, to on this particular front. Um, and as we kind of did that, I kind of, I was reminded of some previous um uh, training that I had done with uh, an absolute master, um, Richard E. Clark of uh, University of Southern California, um, the Resolutor School of Education. Um, and he had spent time in Europe he had, in the 80s and he had spent time in Ireland and he had, um, we uh, in the organization I was working in there, we had um, about 50 of us had actually been privileged to work through um, um, uh, about a week's workshop with him. And he brought us through um, the whole approach to training design and in particular brought out the whole area of the difference between learning methods and learning media and the particular type of methods and and so on and this if, if like was a bit of my dna so that was kind of my contribution to the discussion within the organization then when i kind of um uh, uh moved on from the organization as i did two years ago um, I undertook a, a, a master's in um, online and distance learning with the Open University in the UK. And was part of that then, a project in that, that I, um, I was looking around for somebody really interesting to interview. And I came across your article, first of all, uh, Dan, which basically compared quantitatively different methods and methodologies. And then I actually found your book, um, uh, Cathy, uh, Guthrie and your book, The Role of Leaders, Leadership Educators, Transforming Learning. And for me, that was a absolute revelation. Here was a whole smorgasbord of, of, um, of methods of different ways of doing things and of how you could bring them together. So that's what led me to your door, uh, virt virtually speaking, uh, and to our, first of all, video uh, interview for the um, uh, the um, the, the, the project I was doing. And then as I was doing the, 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 the masters, I kind of reflected on my experience in Enterprise Ireland and as part of the uh, leadership program discussions and so on, and realized that in Ireland, there was about 50 people. They were in the Irish Management Institution. They were in some of the universities in DCU. Uh, they were in Enterprise Ireland, obviously. Um, and also I was, um, at that time I, I was, uh, then um, uh, had become chair of uh, one of our higher education uh, institutions. As I'm privileged to be chair of Sligo Institute of Technology. And if you're thinking, if you're thinking Sligo, where have I heard that before? That basically is W. B. Yeats, the great poet. That's where he his uh, stomping ground was, as it were. And many of his fabulously glorious poems are are about the whole area and people he knew in the area. So, but as part of their work. Uh, Sligo Institute of Technology also do leadership education. Um, and Dr. Breda McTaggart there is one of the leading people there actually developing um, uh, leadership education. And it's about online delivery in the main. Uh, and this is all pre-COVID because in Sligo Institute of Technology, 
we're the leading academic provider of online education in Ireland. Um, with over 60% of our of our students are doing accredited programs, about 8,000 in total, are actually um, do they're working and learning, and they're basically uh, you know basically using online as the main way of of, of learning to be engineers, scientists, uh, and so on. So as part of that, then I realized. There was kind of a lot of people, but we weren't actually having conversations amongst ourselves. A lot of people doing really interesting work, um, but not actually talking to each other, particularly about the how of leadership programs. We might all meet at different, you know, events around global challenges and leadership and so on, but it wasn't around how they actually work, the methodology, the pedagogy, how can we actually make these things work and uh, these programs work. Um, so for me, it was, and then the other part of it really struck me, having listened to you, Dan, and kind of realized that there was a, a massive amount of work, particularly in the States, but elsewhere as well, going on to these programs and their, the way in which they worked. That we in Ireland were, frankly, certainly I was anyway, and, and I think and many of my colleagues, collectively at least, weren't talking about what was going on globally and learning from globally. Many people individually would have good connections and so on um, with the States, Europe and so forth. Um, so that led us to, to kind of a few of us to kind of kick around the idea, well, how can we how can we share more? And that led us to uh, reflect on let's develop a leadership community of practice, which is about the how. And for that, we created a blog. Um, as you, as you kindly referred to earlier. And we um, uh, also had our first workshop, our inaugural workshop, which uh, we were delighted and really, really thrilled to have you as the um, the inaugural keynote speaker. It was absolutely brilliant to give a, a masterclass and expose of how methods really work in developing leadership. And it was kind of like, okay, I know every around the, the screen or the table, virtual table is where we're saying, oh, this is this is a step up. This is a real, real, much more systematic approach to it than many. We, we all have obviously systems, but this was actually a much more richer way and based on a menu and based on a, an evidence-based approach, which um, I think all of us um, really appreciate it. Um, and, and of course, some of our own speakers, one from Enterprise Ireland, one from Sligo and so on. And that led to our discussion. And now we're, we're looking, um, I'm delighted to be able to say, we are looking now uh, at our second uh, workshop on the 9th of November, please put that in the diaries, uh, where we have um, Professor uh, Bruce um, Avolio of uh, the University of Washington, who's going to talk to us um, about um, his organization transformation, um, how to achieve it one person at a time, and his, his, his whole approach to that. And we also will have um, speakers from Queen's University of Belfast, uh, which is important to us. We we are very. It's a, it's it's an all Ireland approach, all island approach, and all Ireland approach. Um, and um, and that's really uh, as well, of course, as the existing uh, people who've already participated. So we hope to have a uh, have that on the 9th of November, and um, and uh, we'll uh, we'll be um, uh, promoting and involving yourselves in that. And of course, for me also, I think the biggest. Other bit of hold of all this is linking with the International Leadership Association because once I kind of you know I'd come to your door, Dan, and kind of you know we involved you in the workshop and we thought, oh, that's great! Like you know, it's, um, there's there's Dan. We really got fabulous insight. And then it was only really the penny drop that actually you were you were the door to this massive Aladdin's cave of a huge amount of expertise and kind of massive amount of people thinking, doing, and looking at uh, how leadership is developed 
leadership education, a whole lot of different spheres. And I kind of went to the November um, conference uh, virtually. I was kind of just riveted agog with all these um, fabulous uh, discussions and uh, insights. I think uh, the one that particularly grabbed me was Ron Heifetz and the interview with uh, Ron Reggio. I actually um, had got on my phone, had a, had a just a, took a few minutes of it, uh, or maybe 20, 50 minutes of it, uh, and a record, and absolutely stunning insight into how leadership, re- what it is, first of all, and how it really is, um, how it can be really developed, understood and developed, and how important it is, but also how practical it is. And it's all about big change um, and people uh, leading groups of people to achieve big and difficult change. And it's about leadership, not about characteristics, not about, you know, people's features and so on. We quite so often are very focused on, you know, is the person very confident? Is the person kind of able to communicate? Obviously important, but actually the much broader context is what are we trying to achieve? And how are we trying to achieve that? And who are we trying to bring with us? Yeah, no, I uh, remember so that. Yeah, that definitely it's remember that, that that debate that they had, as well as the interview with with uh, with Ed Shine and, and and his son, whose name's escaping me. Um, oh, during, yeah. During that was last year's conference. Yeah, yeah just yeah. just fantastic. I mean, they've always done a good job yeah. because, you know, Heifetz and Riggio and, and Kellerman and some of these other folks were some of the original, you know, founders of the ILA. And, and um, you know, it's, it's great to hear, hear you say that, you know, I was able to kind of be the, I don't know, the the ambassador or, or liaison or what have you to, to kind of say, hey, oh, you know, these, all yeah. these resources. Yeah. exist and and they certainly had a profound impact on on my development when i was uh, a doctoral student trying to understand what is this discipline of leadership you know i've i'm thrust into yeah. teaching these undergraduate classes with little or no knowledge of 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 the idea that there's actually a whole not only just a community of practice but a discipline and 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 yeah. it, it spans the globe and there's different approaches and and what have you and um and you know i just fell into you know, into studying the pedagogy in particular. And and I love hearing, you know, folks like, like yourself share that, that it opened your eyes to just other resources out there. And, and if it had any impact on, on your practice and the practice within the program and, and the collaborative um, and, and wow, uh, Bruce Avolio, I, I haven't had a chance to meet him one-on-one, but I'm extremely familiar with his work and, and y'all, he's going to be great. I, I, I'm, I'm sure. Right. I'm sure. As you look forward with, with the community of practice and, and the connection with the with the ILA, like where do you see things moving moving forward a year from now, a couple of years from now, with with your yeah. work there? I, I kind of I I think we need to. So I think this is our second inaugural. As our, this is our second. We've had our inaugural one, and um, and um, you were key to that as our keynote. But it was really important in terms of uh, how to put it, mapping a way forward in terms of look. There's a bigger word out there that we needed to kind of get to. Okay, so it was more. You were the keynote, but you're also the chef, as it were, to to a new world. Okay, if I could put it like that. Um, and this one is really kind of building on that and saying, okay, what we're doing is we're bringing in more players on the island. Okay, so we're basically deliberately uh, going after, like I say, Queens and University of Ulster, Ulster, which is so just over, just a hard, short hop, skip, and jump away from where we are in Sligo, but um, you know it's also part of the wider community on the island. Okay, um, and uh, and the whole engagement north, south, and so forth. So, to, uh, and second of all, of course, we also are seeking to involve other bodies and universities. So, widening out the participation—that's our, our our goal for this year. And then I think next year we will we will focus on a, an actual 
get together, physical get together, um, hopefully uh, in, in Sligo and uh, some of the gorgeous landscape up here. Uh, and we will we will work towards that. Um, and then I think we're basically as part of that also seeing, OK, so exchanging ideas and insights, making international connections, really important, encouraging people to participate in ILA and in other 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 aspects of, of, of your work and the various groups and so on. That's one of our our I think our objectives. Um, I'm making other international connections. Um, uh, the um, uh, and then the other bit of it, I think is we're going to basically try and see what about the research side. So I think one of the fascinating things for me is you know when you look at different programs and it goes back to Lauren your question about met methods and and methodologies. You know we kind of see you know I was reading their um, spec for an ad for a, a three day program. Okay. And, you know, it's aimed at business leaders, which is great. And it's basically, you know, going to transform their business. Uh, okay, I'm kind of looking at you know, maybe other programs, maybe our leadership for growth, which also is going to transform our businesses or other programs, which are, you know, a master's, year-long master's, which is also going to transform people's business. And you're kind of then saying, okay, you know, these are different programs and they're all, diff they're servicing different needs. But how do we compare and contrast them in terms of, what are they trying to achieve their objectives? Who are they targeted at and who's participating? And then what's the methods that are being used and what's the, the media and, and you know, what's the outcomes? And how do you, is there any relationship between the methods, the participants the, and, and the outcomes? Um, like one, one of the discussions we used to have when we were looking at changing and, and evolving our programs within Enterprise Ireland was, okay, people would say, you know, participants love the peer learning. And it's really great. And I'd be there saying, well, okay, you know, obviously it's a very costly problem. So maybe we can drop the lectures then. And people say, no, 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 you can't drop the lectures. So, okay. So, in other words, the question was, which bits were working in which way? And how would you combine them? And on in what purpose? You know, so I think there's a, a really interesting reflection when you compare and contrast programs to learn about that um, aspect in terms of how things really work. And then in some cases, of course, as we know from you know, you know, universal design of learning frameworks, you know, different tools can achieve the same objectives, and likewise, you know, the same tool can achieve different objectives, and can, you know, it can vary from groups of people and, and so forth. So, so we're in Sligo, we're very interested in that whole framework, university um, uh, design of learning, um, and uh, particularly for um, uh, people with disabilities, but actually. It's it's got much more fundamental applicability than than just for one group. It's it's actually uh, anyway. So that that's kind of one one aspect of how we would see it evolving. And uh, you know, we just we just kind of how to put it evolve it and let let it let it flow and see where we get to. And and obviously what traction there is in terms of people's interest in it. People are obviously naturally enough and rightly so very busy. So it's um, you know making sure this is part of. Uh, how to put people's learning and uh, evolution. So it's yeah. it, it, you know, you, you hit it right on the make, making sure that it's meaningful learning, I, I think is, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. Right. And it just seems like that's been the driving force. It sounds like for a lot of your career, making folks um, sharing meaningful or creating meaningful opportunities so people can do good work um, and that they can have sustainable business practices or sustainable leadership programs uh, throughout. So 
That sounds sure. like, you know, I almost like you've almost talked me into moving over to Ireland and, and starting a business, <laughs> your, your right energy right and your passion about and your curiosity, because it just seems like as you have these successes, like you're still asking questions, like what are the best parts of this program and kind of where do we need to evolve? And, and that's um, so crucial to sustainable success. Like Dan and I talk about this, like when he talks about LEA and some of the things they're doing and in my head, I'm like, it's such a great program. Like don't change anything. And I'm not that person, but he's like, well, no, we got to consider this. And, and it's, it's realizing that the, there's an underlying dynamic that's changing. And so what you've always done, isn't going to always work. And so it's lovely to hear that you're so passionate about this work and that you're continually asking those questions so that um, sounds like you love Ireland and want to make it better. And it comes across in everything that you do. Um, so before we end our episode today, I have one really quick question for you. Um, you shared a, a lot of great information. Uh, is there anything that maybe we didn't ask you about that you want to share with our leadership educator audience before we wrap up the episode? I would think, I mean, in terms of learning, I think you're right. I think it's as organizations, as groups, we must continue to learn and indeed one of my one of my more uh, influential mentors uh, some years ago said, you know, asked me, you know, what do you ask yourself at the end of the day? And I said, well, you know, what did I achieve? I said, well, okay, but that's not, you know, that's done, you know, that's banked, you know, nothing you can do about that now. And he said, what you really should think about asking is, what did you learn? And um, and for me, the light went on. That's what you know. We really all, as individuals as groups, as organizations. So for us in the whole area of, of learning about leadership programs, I mean, I think for me, I would kind of think there's a number of areas we talked already about trying to compare and, and contrast and understand how, how they actually work in terms of impacts and methods. I think the other part of it for me is actually building in, actually, I think the whole area of systems and of history, that these are really important things. I was really delighted when in the uh, LEA, Rian Satterwhite, start to talk about uh, one of my favorite books, which is um, uh, Donella H. Meadows, Thinking in Systems, like one of the classics, absolutely brilliant. And it is about that kind of ability to think, you know, we're leading within an ecosystem. So how do we help our leadership uh, programs develop to understand that? And part of that actually, or linked to that is actually history. And, you know, we're all in a real situation. You're kind of, you know, options open up, options close off, and actually understanding that specific critical paths, historical critical paths, you know, nothing is a blank page. So you're trying to understand and learn that. And that actually, you know, I always, you know, a great book like um, Mark Macmillan's The War That Ended the Peace, which is about the cause of World War One, is an excellent example of how decision makers worked through to in this case an absolute disaster um and catastrophe for humanity but how they you know they they made decisions that they thought were right at the time but had consequences and opened up our closed off situations so i think those two things for me and then the other bit which i have always been very um impressed with is the whole thing of how do you develop yourself as a leader i think two aspects of that for me is the emphasis that i um uh, the Mentura Institute, led by uh, Hitwandra, uh, I think, uh, Wadra of um, Columbia Business School, has emphasized, you know, you, you lead from inside out. So it's interiority. I think whole resilience, really important. It's a marathon rather than a kind of a sprint. And that's all about 
how do you build your own interior strength and so on really important and many of us you know over the, over the years may not have paid enough attention to it because of you know lots of things happening pressure time pressure working on that and then last but by no means least then i was very impressed by um an article i i read about um which was um uh, about the importance of solitude as leaders thinking things through deeply and william uh, darius weitz um has a great speech that he gave to the west point graduation in 2009 uh, where he talks about the importance of solitude uh, and leadership. And that that's actually really about how do you actually think through something deeply? Really, I mean, one of the hardest things we do is thinking. And it's one of the things we kind of, most of us anyway, I certainly I do, shy away from it um, because it's, it's, it's actually hard work. And it's also work that you have to do on your own. You can obviously do it in groups when you have thought about it, but you have to come, you have to go out to, Spend time thinking about it. That's a great, um, a great approach. Um, and maybe last, just to kind of finish, um, I was always very taken with Lincoln. I think he is one of the great, great leaders of, of humanity and, and uh, uh, his role, obviously, in the American Civil War and that era is central and, and so on. But in that great film um, uh, where he's uh, trying to persuade Theodore Stevens to support him, he talks about the value of the compass um, that there's no point having a compass that gets you from due north if you don't understand the swamps, the chasms, um, uh, the the deeps, deserts in between, and how you navigate them. And actually, that's hugely central to leadership. How do you actually navigate? How do you make the compromises? What ones to make? What ones not to make? The give and take. How do you actually bring your your community with you as you try and get to where you're trying to get to, or help them try and get to where and where you try to get to. So that's my top and sort. Um, thanks, thanks very much for having me participate. I hugely appreciate it, and um, best of luck with the, the rest of the series. You know, thanks so much for for joining us today. And you just dropped all kind, a ton of resources on us, which I totally appreciate, and and couldn't agree with you with you more. That you know, you we we have to start with you know the leader as the self. And I'm teaching a our graduate seminar and our and our undergraduate intro to leadership class. And you know, the 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 sequencing of of the course is always like understanding self, understanding that that you know the individual and um a, as a leader and 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 the self care and the well being and 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 those those strategies before going out and, and leading others. So um, spot on. So yeah, Neil, grateful for your time today and, and your leadership and and definitely want to wish you the best of luck as you continue your work with the community of practice and, and beyond. Okay, thank you very much for that. And uh, hopefully we'll see each other at the ILA in um, at the end of October, either virtually or, or in, in person. Thank you, Neil. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Lauren. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Leadership Educator Podcast. Remember, you can download all our episodes on all available podcast platforms. And when you go, please make sure you rate us five stars, as the more you rate us, the easier it is for others to find us. That's right, Lauren. We also invite you to interact with us on Twitter at Lead Educator Pod. That's L-E-A-D-E-D-U-C-A-T-O-R-P-O-D. And on LinkedIn by searching for the Leadership Educator Podcast. You can also follow us on LinkedIn by name and on Twitter. I'm at Dr. Underscore Leadership and Lauren is at M-R-S-L-A-U-R-J-B. That's Miss Laura J-B. We'd like to thank the James M. Cox Jr. 
Institute for Journalism Innovation, Management, and Leadership within the Grady College of Journalism and Mass Communication at the University of Georgia. The support was facilitated by Dr. Keith Herndon, William S. Morris Chair in News Strategy and Management. And a wonderful theme music was composed, performed, and mixed by Dr. Matthew White, trumpeter, composer, and associate professor and chair of jazz studies now at the University of South Carolina. You can check him out at www.mattwhitejazz.com. Matt, thank you so much for sharing your musical genius with our listeners. During the season, you will hear episodes featuring International Leadership Association members working globally to drive leadership education. Visit ilaglobalnetwork.org slash podcast for more information and to join the association. And finally, this podcast would not be possible without our chief partner, the Association of Leadership Educators. Please check out the ALE and all it has to offer at leadershipeducators.org. We hope you will listen to our next episode wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) 